0: welcome in to revealing grace this is a podcast focused on the revelation of god's redeeming grace throughout all of scripture and the power that it has to transform lives eternally i'm chris soback and in a moment you'll hear from dr brian chapel in this episode we will be discussing revelation 21 When Brian began this sermon series over a year ago, we could have never anticipated the recent events of a pandemic and awareness of social injustice and the impact that these events have had on our country and our world. But as we reflect on the truths of scripture that appear from the earliest passages of the Bible to the final chapters, we can find comfort and strength in knowing that there is a future free from these present sufferings. If you are interested in watching and listening to the sermon that we will be discussing, you can go to Brianchapel.com and this is part of the sermon series, By Grace to Glory, Through the Bible in a Year. So I would encourage you to check that out. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast and that it brings you encouragement as we discuss Revelation 21. Brian, I'm I'm so glad to be able to to be here with you again. Actually, with you, uh, this is the the second podcast we've been able to do where we're we're more face to face. So it's good to actually have uh, close proximity and not just not just virtual. Are you wearing your mask? I well, I am behind <laughs> a pop shield. You so, are, so, and so, I am too. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and we are <laughs> we are literally on opposite sides of the room. So um so yeah, we we are socially distanced appropriately. But but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I to, to get into things, let me um, ask a revealing question. So um, I am curious, what is the best piece of advice that you were ever given? <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know if it's the best. I don't know. What, but that, <laughs> I mean, that's that a, that's a I, super question, I mean, the one that makes question, me chuckle right? okay. is uh, okay. the one that comes to me as you ask is a, a friend of mine, a wise man who had, whose children were a little older than our children. And when we were struggling with some teenage years, and uh, kind of asked for some advice, uh, his advice was, um, "Look past everything you can." Ah, that
0: is good. That <laughs> and and is when good. you're raising
1: teenagers, that was there's some things you can't look past, uh, but the things that you can look past, let them go. And I think that just takes a little stress out of the family relationship. I, that's probably not the best advice I ever got. It should though. be something yeah. about salvation that I should be mentioning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I remember
1: that was kind of a little bit of a respite for my wife and me to kind of, you know, if, and I said to my children at some point, okay, listen, I'll tell you this: I will say yes to everything I can. Uh, so, I, you're, you're going to ask me things, and, mm. and I will say yes to everything I can. But when I say no, I really mean no. But every, if, if I'm unsure, if if it's if it's just on the edge, I will say yes to everything I can. But when I say no, I mean no. Mm.
0: That's really good. I mean, that was actually that'd be. I should have asked that question when we were doing the like, marriage and parenting and that all <laughs> th- all that. But uh, but anyway, no, that, that's really great. I, I know that. <laughs> That's a really weighty question that I asked, but I, I think that was a great response. And we have the rest of the of the episode to discuss all of the spiritual things. So I think, <laughs> okay. It's, I think it's okay for, for a little bit of practical advice. Um, so uh, to get into uh, the sermon that you gave, it was uh, on Revelation 21. So maybe kind of like high level, uh, give a little bit of an overview of what this passage is about.
1: Well, this is... It, right at the end of the Bible, one only one chapter following, right? And uh, so we, we recognize the chapter divisions, of course, we're not originally in the Bible, so we're within just a few verses of the end of the whole Bible. And it is so interesting that, you know, as we, we come to the very end of the Bible, there is so much referring to the very beginning of the Bible. I mean, we began this <laughs> through the Bible in a year series a year ago, plus a little bit, because, we yeah. you know, there were other things like, Christmas and, you know, there were other things sure. that interjected, but, but basically a year's worth of sermons, and, uh, you know, we, we began, you know, the, the first chapter, the first book of the Bible, and uh, now we're within one chapter of the last book of the Bible, and for me the great blessing is how consistent has been the message, mm-hmm. and even though we're so close to the end, there's still so many references to what happened at the beginning, as even the Apostle John is tying the threads together for us and saying, see, it's it's from the beginning. It was a story of how God is going to rescue his people from their own sin and from the consequences of their own sin. And I, I kind of delight to do that for people, Chris, to kind of say, you know, this, this sounds so strange and there's no more sea in the heaven, new heavens and new earth. Go, what in the world is that about? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 let me tell you. You know, it's actually referring to the second verse in the whole Bible. You know, of right here at the end, the Apostle John is reminding people what was in the second verse of the first chapter of the first book of the mm-hmm. whole Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned this in the last episode, but um, as you're looking at, you know, certain passages that maybe seem more cryptic, how do you go about dissecting or, or analyzing and figuring out what? What is actually being communicated?
1: Well, uh, dissecting is not a bad word there. Um, I, I think you say, where have I seen that before? Um, what does it sound like? Is it referenced other places? And so you you are one of the biblical principle is, principles, of bi- good biblical interpretation is more clear passages interpret less clear passages, and everything is interpreted in its context. You know, we just don't rip things out of context. This is what I think it means. You know, we say, well, no, um, the Bible as a whole, it was written by one author, inspiring other authors, but one Holy Spirit author. So if I see a phrase or an image, um, where's that been there before? And as I go to that place and those images, how do they connect to what's being said here? So it's, it's maintaining, interpreting text by context. We, you know, our little biblical rule is context is king, mm. right? So what's in context needs to be determined, and where things have um, been said in other places, we bring that to bear upon what's being said in this place. So the, the dissection is a not only looking at details, it's also a process of comparison. Where has this been done before? What can I compare
0: it to? So as we're doing that, thinking about this passage, which is just a glorious passage, um, how do we even begin to understand what it would be like or what it would feel like um, to have the experiences that are kind of being shared uh, in this passage?
1: Yeah. Well, we don't know for sure. I mean, when, when John is in his vision, while well, he's in exile on the Isle of Patmos um, and he he says to us, "I'm going to say things in signs." And you know, there's a lot of debate among Christians. You know, do you interpret Revelation figuratively or literally or somewhere in between? Um, you, you know, my personality, Chris. So I'm going to say somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, nobody debates. There are certain images. The Lamb sits upon a throne. Does anybody really think that's anything but Jesus? <laughs> you know. So there's a symbol of Jesus, yeah. right? And And yet, the Lamb upon the throne judges the world, and the Lamb upon the throne is made worthy to open the scrolls, and the Lamb upon the throne is the one who provides the blood in which people wash their robes to be made pure. And so I understand that there are signs of things that are real. They are not just signs of things that are phantasms. And so there is this—things are being stated literally in the sense of— There is a meaning to be determined that is actual. Mm. And yet at the same time, it's often being described in signs. And so again, we see where are those signs used elsewhere? The lamb sits upon the throne. Well, how do I know that's Jesus? Well, there was a passage in which John saw Jesus coming down the road. Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And you recognize that the Bible had, uh, from the Old Testament days forward, developed that image for us. So that when the image appears in the book of Revelation, we know what its referent is. And its referent is something real that is Jesus. So the fact that people say, are you, are you looking at Revelation symbolically, that is figuratively, or literally? And I'm going to say, you know, that's, that's an unfair dichotomy, right? Because there are symbols that are meant to represent literal things. And yeah. so we should recognize that intent of John. I mean, John know, knows what he's doing. He, why does he use those symbols of things like a lamb upon a throne and um, a, a beast with many eyes and heads to represent Satan, great power and perception? And, and it's the same thing Daniel did. There are ways in which people are being told about things they cannot fully understand by symbols that give them the
0: basic meaning of what is to come. Hmm. So, as we're looking through this, thinking about there being no more crying, or no more pain, or mourning, or, or dying, um, what I guess I can just address this to you. Like, what what does that mean to you? How does that how does that really make you you feel? Or what 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 comes to mind as you as you think through that? And not what does it mean because it means the same thing to all of us i guess but yeah what's the significance yeah well
1: profound profound comfort profound joy i confess the humility of not being able fully to grasp it yeah you know what what could it mean that that there is no more death i kind of get that but then no more pain well there are things i grieve about in my life how will the grief be taken away hmm. uh, no more mourning um there are separations there's death there's things that in this life i can't consider without you know the the loss of a father in my life and i think how 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 can there be an experience without any loss anymore Hmm. and without pain or tears or fears? And yet that's what we're being promised, that, that in this total unfettered, unfiltered union with Christ, that not only will dying be passed, but all fears and tears will be gone as well. No more pain from anything. And I'm not sure we have the senses to hmm. take that in. You know, my, and my, my sensory antenna yeah. can't fully take that in. Although, I know I want it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, how do you, yeah. How do you know something that you want that you can't know what it would be like? Yeah. I don't know. It's so profound.
1: And, and yet, yeah, you know, when I experienced the loss of a parent... When I experience tension in relationships, uh, I, I said to our to our elders here the other day. Since we've been in this pandemic, I said, you know, one, one of the men who, when I first came here, used to give me the most grief hmm. um, in the congregation, and in however the Lord did it, you know, we we not only reached an understanding where we could banter, but it became precious to do that this man who had began, had begun with so much antagonism toward me became so close to me and so secure in our relationship that he could even banter about the old days when it was antagonistic and since the pandemic he's died chris and so i you know i i, I we've now been back in our worship services and he's not there and it grieves me, you know, just just not to be able to see him. And I, if uh, I'm not careful, you know, I'll do it again here. But I, I remember kind of weeping in front of my elders. And I'm I'm just miss him so much mm-hmm. to go. And I miss him more now that we're back in worship services, and he's not there. Yeah. And so what? will, so I don't fully understand a world with no mourning or grief or pain, but I sure do want it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do you think that maybe your your perspective on this is different because of the current climate with the pandemic? Um, does it give you a different perspective of this passage?
1: Yes, and I mentioned some of that in the message I mean uh, for most people in the world you know and I forget what the number is now you know the 20 million people or whatever who've been infected and uh, mm. you know the the hundreds of thousands who have died but still, with billions of people in the world, the, the pandemic is still unrealistic for most people. I mean, it hasn't touched their lives yet. Hmm. So they put on masks and maybe think it's silly to do so. But for most people, it's still not real. But when you're a pastor and you say, all right, there's, there's an older person with Alzheimer's in a nursing home, and her family can't visit her yeah. to give her any comfort even for the moments that she might recognize her. And and that's just heartache. And you can speak so quickly to people in this time as a pastor of, you know, not being able to have a wedding that you wanted, not being able to have a funeral that you wanted, not being able to visit the way that you wanted. Um, All of that, you know, people feel pain very acutely. And you can say it will not always be that way.
0: And it means something maybe more precious than in normal times. Yeah, I guess to get into maybe some specifics about the passage, uh, what's some of the imagery that's used?
1: Yeah, well, the one that always delights me to talk to people about—I probably spent too much time on it in the sermon. <laughs> so let's
0: <laughs> well, spend some more time
1: on it now. <laughs> so I'll spend some more time now. <laughs> yeah, is is just the one you know? I saw the new heavens and the new earth, and and you know all all that description. Of, of the beauty where the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And almost everybody stumbles over that, right? Hmm. What do you, why is that important? There's no more sea. Yeah. And then just to remind people how the sea in the Bible is always a barrier in its chaos, in its waves. It's, it's always a barrier to the purposes of God for his people that he overcomes, and it's just this consistent symbol of chaos against the order of God, out of which he brings the dry land, out of which he brings a place of escape, out of which he brings comfort in the demonstration of the power of Jesus. Over and over again, the sea is the opponent. Hmm. And when God says there is no more sea, it's not because he doesn't like water. It's, it's because he's saying, there won't be waves in your life anymore. You know, the waves will be gone. Hmm. And now that's a symbol, Right. It's a symbol, yeah. but we're supposed to get it because we've read through the whole Bible, <laughs> or at least we've gone through it in a year with the preacher. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes. Hmm. Let's kind of discuss some of that next imagery, and that is the wilderness.
1: And it's really the absence of wilderness that the yeah. passage is talking about, right? Because it talks about, I saw a, a, a city, New Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And again, it's it's um, the image is... After you've come through the sea, if you're the ancient people of God, what are you going to? You're going toward the promised land. Mm. And going to the promised land I mean you have to go through wilderness to build that city of Jerusalem sure. yeah. uh, in the new nation. And so if there's a new Jerusalem, what it's saying is the people who live there, they're they're not in the wilderness anymore. They they come through the hard times. And uh, I I mentioned, I like talking about it, that almost anybody who's visited uh, Jerusalem in Israel, even modern Israel, there's just no route to Jerusalem that does not take you through some expanse of wilderness. Hmm. So that when you finally get to the city, which, it, you know, because it's centered between hills, uh, you, you have to go over a hill and you overlook the city, and you're going, that is incredibly beautiful, hmm. particularly when you've been through the wilderness. And John is helping us. No, we've been through a wilderness of this world. I mean, nobody gets through this world without pain of some level, some degree. And when he says, I saw the city coming, it's a perfect city, and the gates are open, and the gates are always open. I like saying yesterday, you know, that the gates are only open during daylight hours. You know, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. There's no night, (laughs) which means the gates are always open, and it's, it's John kind of rejoicing to say, for the people who've been through the wilderness of this world, there is a heavenly city where there's a wall surrounding it, and there's glory in it, and there's water of life in it, and there's beauty and satisfaction and the light of the Lamb. You know, there's no darkness there. I don't think, you know, the apostle is saying, you're never going to sleep but he's saying, you know, there's there's no there's no darkness in the sense of your life or your heart being clouded anymore by the sad things of this world.
0: And that's, I mean, I think for a lot of people, especially right now, um, you can take so much more comfort than maybe even. I mean, not that it, we've, any of us have enjoyed this pandemic, but being able to have that much more of an appreciation, knowing what is to come. I mean, mm-hmm. I think when you, when you face some of the obstacles that we're facing, um, it's so much more comforting to know that this is, this is not our home.
1: It's supposed to be comforting. It's supposed to be strengthening. Recognize John is writing to Christian people in his time who are being persecuted, who may have lost hope, who've been driven from their homes as he has been exiled from his and so he's saying, "Don't don't let this overwhelm you. You know, stand strong for Christ. You know, we'll get into that next chapter next week. You know, Maranatha, Christ is coming, and and don't don't give up. Don't don't be fearful. This this is not the final chapter. And when he's saying that, he's helping God's people not just be comforted, but to endure uh, with with strength for whatever God calls them to face."
0: Mm-hmm. That's a, a word of truth as we uh, continue on. I look forward to getting into that final passage uh, in Revelation, the final passage of the Bible, um, and just such a joy as we've been able to, to go through through the Bible in a year. Um, thanks for your, for your time, Brian. And uh, anything else you'd like to maybe add before we, we kind of wrap this up here?
1: Well, I mentioned uh, in our previous podcast that it, this passage also ends with a warning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you can't avoid that, that if there is this beautiful city of God, if there is this, this wonderful provision that God has made for his people, and all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, get entry. What, what's the warning? Um, don't fail to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't end up outside the city. And the way that you ensure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life is you love the Lamb. You, you say your yes to Jesus. You, you say, Lord, I, I believe that the Lamb who sits upon the throne is my comfort in this life and in death. He's the one who will provide for me despite my sin because his blood was shed for me. I believe that. And when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God who was given for you, you have overcome the world, says John, and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So take heed and love him as he has
0: loved you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Revealing Grace. I really hope that it has been an encouragement and blessing to you. I know that it has to me every time I talk to Brian about his sermons. As I mentioned earlier, this sermon is part of a sermon series, which is by grace to glory, through the Bible in a year. Now, since we've started this podcast, we've been able to discuss a number of sermons from that sermon series, but there are so many more. So if you are interested in viewing and listening to this sermon, you can go to Brianchapel.com. but you can also check out all the sermons from this sermon series and many other sermon series. So there is a ton of material there for you for encouragement or to share with others um, as you're teaching. Um, as I mentioned teaching, uh, you may be interested in receiving Receiving additional training, you can go to BrianChapel.com as well and check out the online courses section. There are seminary level courses that are available there, teaching from Brian himself, uh, courses that he has taught over the years, specifically for you to be able to. to watch and um, to experience online, Uh, we recently set up a subscription service so you can be part of these online courses for a very reasonable monthly fee and continue to grow in your understanding of the word and in your presentation of it, uh, whether it's as a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a small group leader, in whatever way you are serving in ministry These are great resources for you to help hone your skills. If you have enjoyed this episode or have maybe been listening for a while and enjoy the podcast, I encourage you hit the subscribe button. That way you can be notified anytime there is a new episode available for you to check out. Also, if you have any questions for Brian or for myself or just about the podcast in general, you can send those questions or comments to at Brianchapel.com And we will address any questions that there might be, uh, whether by email response or within the podcast itself. So I encourage you to send those on over. And we look forward to having you join us again for the next episode of Revealing Grace.